And now it's my privilege to introduce Josiah Grauman. Um, he's been coming here, he mentioned in the chapel, since about 2004, when he was assistant to Phil Manley over at the USC Medical Center. And that was when we first met him, and he wasn't married yet. And then we had him come back, and he brought his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And introduced us to Crystal, and so that was a real joy to meet her. And of course, we, to be honest, we decided when Josiah first came that he was our mascot because we loved him so much and he was so charming, you know, that he just kind of, you know, we all fell in love with him, honestly. Dolores, didn't we all fall in love? Yes, we all did, and I'm not kidding. And then um, he brought Crystal, and you know what? We fell in love with her too because she's so sweet and kind and. So now he's back, and he even brought his daughter with him this time. And in the meantime, they were missionaries to Mexico City for a little while. And now he's back, and he started up a, a Bible institute here for Spanish-speaking men. And I'm not sure if you have women or not, but <laughs> I'll let you tell about that. So, Josiah, it's our privilege to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Well, it's always a, a privilege to be here. I feel like I'm coming home to, to family when I walk in here and just get to, to share with you ladies what the Lord has been doing in, in our lives. Um, kind of a no-pressure speaking engagement for me. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm uh, here with my mom and, and uh, my aunts, and uh, it's just always a, a blessing to, to be here, and especially to, uh, to be able to uh, speak at the, the first mindset of the year. I think I did the same thing last year. Uh, just such a sweet time. We, we stayed up, I think, till about 4 a.m. this morning going through just all the pictures from January to uh, January, um, just remembering and thinking about all that the Lord has, has done in, in our lives uh, over this past year. And I thought I'd do something a little bit different maybe this year instead of um, what I normally do. You know, I'm just dumping information on what we're doing at the Institute and ministry, and then I finish, and all you sweet ladies just want to know how, how we're doing and how our kids are doing, and I didn't really even tell you, you know, what you wanted to hear. So what I'm going to try to do is just kind of walk through uh, a PowerPoint slide for every month and kind of just let you know uh, some of the highlights of what happened in our family and then what happened in ministry at, at the Institute and uh, along the way try to insert some, some fun stories about students and, and things that, that have gone on. Um, and actually before I even start that, uh, someone uh, mentioned that maybe not all of you uh, were here last year. Um, to uh, kind of know the story of um, how our son Silas was born. Uh, the Lord kind of put his legs on backwards. Um, so that was uh, the first slide from last year. Um, and uh, he kind of had some, some heart problems and some orthotic problems. And uh, this is him now, um, as happy as, uh, as can be. And... Uh, so the first slide, in contrast to that one you just saw, um, we began our year with some physical therapy, and he got on his feet for the first time. Um, and that was a pretty, pretty fun thing, took his first steps, and he needed a walker at first, but uh, of course, now you'll see him when we, we finish. Crystal will bring him up. He's uh, running around like a, like a crazy man, banging his head into everything. But um, he, uh, he's pretty much unstoppable. Um, 
So uh, that was just really fun. We're doing physical therapy with them a couple times a week. Um, but uh, that's just uh, a, a sweet blessing from the Lord. He uh, is missing a few ligaments in both of his knees, so he'll kind of need physical therapy and braces and stuff as he, he grows up. But uh, he, uh, nothing stops him. He's the most determined little boy I've, I've really ever seen. His, his favorite word that he says often, Abby can attest to it, is self because uh, he doesn't want anyone to help him. He wants to get up in the car himself. He wants to do everything himself. And there's a little bit of determination there and a little bit of his father's sinful nature there as well. So uh, we're working on that, but uh, he's just uh, an absolute blessing to us. Uh, the other thing I throw on there, uh, January we had the privilege of starting uh, our first kind of official fellowship group in, in Spanish. So uh, typically what has happened here at Grace is that if you're a Spanish speaker, um, you know, you come to the Spanish service and Pastor Henry, you know, preaches uh, an adapted uh, message from John MacArthur. Um, but if you don't speak any English, it's not like you can go hear Pastor John and then, you know, go hear the Spanish service. So there was only one service available for you. Uh, so we kind of launched... Uh, a, uh, a Spanish sort of fellowship group and started going through the book of Acts. Um, we started, I think, with around 35-ish. Um, and the second week, we hit about 110. And uh, we've been uh, kind of growing ever since. Um, but that's just a huge blessing. Uh, we're in Acts 9 now, after a year. Um, and I did a survey as soon as Pastor John said he's going to start going through the book of Acts to see if any of them come to Sunday nights, and I didn't get any hands. So um, that confirms the fact that, you know, if they're in the class, it's because they don't speak English. Um, and so I thought, well, this is perfect now. Pastor, Mac- I can listen to Pastor MacArthur preach on Sunday nights and then, uh, <laughs> you know, use some of that material in the, in the class. But it's been a, just a... A real blessing for me to, to be able to teach the book of Acts because, you know, most of our uh, Hispanic people here in L.A. come from very Pentecostal backgrounds. I think most of us assume that a lot of the, the Hispanic people are going to come from Catholic backgrounds. But in reality, um, most of the people in our congregation, out of the 500 members that we have in our Spanish congregation, uh, a great majority of them have come from a Pentecostal background. Um, in fact, when we did a raise of hands in our, in our Acts class, how many of you have ever spoken in tongues? We got more than 50% that raised their hand. Um, so it's been real good just to, just to walk through real slowly um, the, the book of Acts and kind of answer all the questions that we have about uh, the, the establishment of, of the church and how it's unique and how God's putting a foundation there. And, and so that's been a real blessing uh, for me to, to teach through that. Um, 10 to 15 times a year I'll, I'll preach for, for Pastor Henry in, in main service and so I got guys that'll help me out with the fellowship group but it's kind of we're kind of trying to mim- mimic what uh, is, is happening on the English side so that's been that's been fun uh, February February that's uh, that's Abby and I uh, Abby started uh, what's called the TMK. That's called the Master's Kids. It's kind of our preschool program here at church. And uh, once uh, a year they have Daddy's Day on a Saturday. And uh, so I got to join Abby for, for preschool. And it looks like I'm still waking up. Thankfully, you can't really see the detail of that picture. Um, but uh, we had lots of fun playing with snails and coloring and all kinds of stuff. But... Uh, uh, the next thing that, that happened that was big in life and ministry for me 
is that uh, I was named an elder here at church, which is an immense uh, privilege. Um, and we meet right here in this room uh, the third Thursday of, of every month. And there's kind of, you know, the unspoken assigned seating um, at, at elders meeting. But when you're the new guy on the block, you don't know that sort of thing. And so I didn't come put, you know, a Bible down in any, any chair ahead of time. And so I walk in and there's only one seat available. And uh, it's right next to Pastor Pastor MacArthur. So I'm about as nervous as you can imagine I could be. And uh, then uh, Chris Hamilton, who's the chairman of the Elder Board, asked me to open in prayer. And uh, I looked over to Pastor John and I said, I don't know if that's the best thing to do to a heart patient on their first uh, elders meeting. But uh, I uh, was privileged to be able to do that. And uh, something that not many people know, and I'm not even certain exactly how Pastor MacArthur found out, but at the time we were running a little bit in the red uh, at the Institute. I just have a habit of not ever asking for money because I just know the Lord is going to provide and he always has. Um, And we are obviously still missionaries even though we're back because we just want to raise as much support as we can so that I don't have to charge the students very much. Um, And... uh, we were we were in the red a little bit, and uh, about halfway through the meeting, I noticed he's playing on his cell phone, which is not common for for Pastor MacArthur, and he's like sending texts, and I'm like, this is, I mean, this is not normal for for Pastor John at a, at an elders meeting, and at about five minutes later, he he shows me his phone, and it's a text from a donor. Um, for a significant amount of thousands of dollars that got us completely in the black and was uh, gave us the ability just to accept all the, the students that had signed up. Um, and so um, I told him, of course, that I was going to sit next to him at elder, every elders meeting from then on. Um, but uh, that was a, a real, real fun day for us. And uh, my heart survived, so that was good. Um, March. March is always big here at church because we have the Shepherds Conference. And for me, uh, Shepherds Conference is a very special opportunity because we have about 100 students who are studying online and they're just listening to countless hours of me blabbering over and over and over in all these classes. Um, A lot of these men have listened to... uh, It's... How many hours... 30 times a day, about 300 hours of, of lectures of, of me talking. It's just way too much me talking. And so they feel like they really know me, but they've never met me. And they'll come to Shepherd's Conference. And so we always try to um, just get out of uniform. This is kind of uniform. Um, if you haven't noticed, dark suit, white shirt, diagonally striped tie is kind of, you know, uh, Grace Church uniform. And... Um, that you know, they just they don't know that I can wear anything else because that's the only thing they they see me in, and uh, so we try to get them all over the house and and just uh, uh, minister to them and love them and uh, fun to just get to know them, fun for the kids to get to see them and and serve them, get the kids involved in in ministry. Um, that's when we found out actually from this gentleman right here. Uh, he uh, weekly goes to a paramilitary prison in Colombia. Pastor John mentioned it from the pulpit uh, some months back, so many of you may have heard that. Um, but Colombia is kind of this weird situation. I won't give you all the details, but you have this situation where the Colombian military could not handle the drug cartels, and so they sort of, to the side, um, 
hired these paramilitary organizations to fight with them against the drug cartels, and then things went south, and you had all these sort of mixed like military guys who at first were supposed to be working for the government, like killing drug cartels, and now they're kind of, the new government said, okay, you no longer work for us, but they're still doing it. And the government said, okay, if you'll just tell us, if you'll come in and tell us everyone you killed and where you buried them, we'll give you a maximum five to eight years in prison and then you're done. And they created all these paramilitary prisons, which are special prisons where, I mean, they can't get out, but they have ten of liberty. They got Wi-Fi. They have their computers. Um, and so we found out from this guy that he's going every week, and there's uh, a couple of guys who wanted to start studying because they're doing their best to preach and teach inside of the prison. They have lots of liberty to do so. Um, and they can, they can work. They have families outside. They can work so they can pay. Um, and our costs are, are pretty low. And so um, he got me in contact with one of the guys um, who was kind of the main uh, guy who's preaching. And it was fun to be able to, I, I can Skype with him. Um, and uh, he's there. He's got a, he, uh, I won't give you all the details of why he's there because it's uh, pretty terrible. Um, but, you know, he went inside the yard there and cut down a tree and he's got this stump. It's about this high that he uses as his pulpit and uh, preaches to the uh, other prisoners. And uh, there's a lot of them that are in there, and they're all in there for about uh, eight years. And uh, there's a number of different prisons, you know, uh, around the area. And so they're not only obviously trying to preach, they're trying to get transferred. You know, they train one another and try to get transferred to all the different prisons to make sure that they can uh, evangelize all the the prisoners in this very unique situation. So that was kind of a a fun story, fun uh, ministry opportunity there. (sighs) We got to fly here. We're barely in April. Um, April, May, just some fun pictures here. Abby graduated from TMK. That was fun. Abby learned how to ride a bike with no training wheels. All the way around the block. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. And then we we started something, um, and it was probably more like in in January. But what we did is, you know, Chris and I have always tried to, you know, read through the the Bible in a year. And we've just kind of done that ourselves. We do that at night uh, when the kids are in bed. And and you try to kind of tell Bible stories as well and and do that. And we decided uh, last year... We continue to spend a real blessing that what we do is we would divide our our daily reading into two sections. One section that was going to be what the story that we're going to tell the kids, and then one section is going to be the part that we read. So I basically took the entire narrative of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all the parts that I thought would be easy to sort of tell uh, the kids in a, a story. So it's basically like two, one to two chapters a day. Um, and then we would read, you know, like the middle of Isaiah ourselves and not, you know, have our children saying, you know, woe is Egypt every night uh, for, for <laughs> nights on end. Um, so that was just, a, it's been a, just an incredible blessing, really fun. This was one of the highlights for us. We have lots of crutches around our house, and uh, that's a snake, and you can probably guess what story we're telling there. But... Uh, we all got little plastic snakes, and the rule was, if you get bit by a snake, you have 10 seconds to go look at the snake on the pole, and if you don't, you have to go to bed, <laughs> which is like death, you know, if you're a five-year-old. And uh, so what, 
we thought was going to be about a three-minute Bible story turned into about a 30-minute Bible story, like most of them have become. But uh, that's just been kind of the highlight of our year, is every night telling a, a Bible story and running around with the kids and acting it out. So we've, uh, that's been probably uh, the biggest blessing, I think, for Crystal and I uh, this year, is doing that with our babies. Um, June and July was different. Uh, June and July was uh, me not being able to be with my babies. Um, I was uh, in the hospital for a number of weeks. Most of you know that. I got about 12 blood transfusions. I was in and out of the hospital for, for most of June and July. Uh, the, the long story short is that the mutation that I have uh, evidently um, developed a number of allergies in my body that I was not aware of. So I'm now violently allergic to some normal stuff like shellfish and milk, uh, but also soy. Um, And most of you ladies who cook and buy things at the store know that soy is basically in every product uh, in the grocery store. Um, Partially hydrogenated soybean oil, anything that has vegetable oil, anything, you know, everything has soy in it. Um, So we were invited, and I probably shouldn't say this on a public recording because he's going to feel terrible, but one of my friends uh, from from college and seminary uh, is the manager of a seafood restaurant and he took us out and so he can just order everything and I ate a bunch of shellfish and milk and soy and uh, ended up uh, in the hospital ended up getting a colonoscopy and then bleeding and bleeding and long story short the Lord uh, preserved uh, my life and I'm thankful for that but uh, the that marked a pretty big change in our house, especially for my wife, uh, because the way that she has to cook now is not easy. Um, she has to cook everything from scratch. I mean, anything that's in a box in the store, uh, I can't eat. Um, so it's been kind of a, a challenge uh, for us to, to relearn how to, how to make dinner, how to make lunch. Um, and she's just a huge blessing. And I'll tell you, it's a lot of work for her, but it's way tastier uh, for me. So um, it's been really, really good. Um, but uh, basically our kids uh, were taken care of by our family uh, 24-7. You know, when I was in the hospital, Crystal never left me in the hospital. Uh, not a single night she would come back during the day sometimes to, to see the kids. Um, but uh, if you want one quick heart-wrenching video, here you go. Okay, say hi, Daddy. Hey, what do you want to say to Daddy? I love you. I hope you come back home. Come back home. Daddy. I don't know if you heard that. He said, Daddy, are you dead? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Crystal would make these little, you know, she, that's at the hospital. She, they would come to the, uh, uh, the grandparents would bring the kids to the hospital so that Crystal could come down and see them, and then they would record these little videos on our phones so that they could, because uh, they couldn't come see me, um, to bring me these videos. Um, so that was pretty fun. We got to watch fireworks from, from Cedar sinai that was, that was spectacular, actually. You could see the whole valley. Um, but uh, uh, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is good. And uh, so that was, that was June, July. You would think that the next month would be a lot easier. The next month, Silas had surgery. Um, so we went from one hospital bed to the other. And this one is not a sad video. This one's a fun video. 
We always say in our house, never underestimate the power of stinky toes. Because it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in, stinky toes are always funny. Stinky toes are just always funny. Um, but uh, uh, he... I could, I could just tell stories all day long about how this little dude um, takes pain. Um, it's just life for him. Uh, it's normal to him. Uh, he gets his blood drawn all the time. He thanks the nurses. He laughs at them. Um, we had, uh, the, I think, was it the last time that he had his blood drawn? We, we go to the normal lab, and uh, the, you know, the ladies used to, I mean, if you're drawing blood from a two-year-old, you want them to look away. You're trying to distract them. And uh, Silas wants to look, and she's like, no, Silas, you can't look. Like, you know, we're telling him, it, it's okay. He, he's done this before. And so he sticks out his arm, and, and, and she pricks him, and he goes, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and then they start drawing his body. They're like, oh, that's blood. <laughs> you know, so um, he just, you know, that's just kind of part of life for him, and he, uh, he's a trooper. He... Um, he takes pain uh, pretty well to the point that we have to be really careful because his pain tolerance is so high that sometimes we don't know. Uh, he, he fractured his leg, and he had a fractured leg for three weeks before we found out, and he's just walking around with the, with the broken leg. And, you know, he'll say every once in a while, oh, my leg hurts. And uh, actually, he says, me yeg. He can't say his L's, everything, yeg. Yegos. But um, he, uh, so we have to be careful with that a little bit because he just has a very high pain tolerance. Okay, we've got to move out of, uh, out of the summer of surgeries and hospital visits and get into a little bit of ministry. September, October is a really, really big uh, time for us because we've got a lot of different conferences in our Spanish ministry. And, uh, we have the graduation. And I thought about getting the professional f- photo that we had of graduation, but I thought it would be better to show the, the phone picture of a proud wife uh, in the back row taking a picture of her husband. So um, we graduated a number of students. Uh, that's probably one of my major prayer requests for uh, you today is just the Lord would give me wisdom. We're now kind of in a new era in the Institute where I'm not just worried about training them, but now i got to worry about placement. Um, we've got some guys who are trained now, and they're, they're ready to go. You know, they, they, they are gifted, they, they feel called to ministry, and they're not content to just spin their wheels teaching a Bible study, they want to be preaching somewhere. Um, so, uh, just that the Lord would give me wisdom to know how to connect them uh, to the right places. A lot of them want to go back to their countries uh, and start churches. Um, a lot of them um, would love to just uh, start preaching somewhere here in the States alongside of a master's grad. Um, there's lots of master's grads who want to start Spanish ministries. Um, so that's uh, a special privilege, uh, but also a challenge uh, for me. Uh, the two other pictures you see there, um, this is Silas's uh, surgeon. Um, we saw her basically twice a week uh, for the last two years. Uh, she's performed four or five surgeries on Silas already. She's kind of become part of the family. Uh, you can pray for her. She's a sweet Catholic lady who trusts in her own righteousness. Uh, but uh, she's, she's over for all the, all the birthdays and, and always invited to Thanksgiving and Christmas and such. So if you would. Uh, and she's the best 
like if you're going to have a birthday, you want her there because uh, she's a, a, a single surgeon and uh, she didn't know what to get Noah for his birthday and so she got him Superman and Batman and cars and backpacks and like just had like seven presents for him. So that was really fun. Um, the other thing that was big in our house was showers. We had, it felt like 35 showers. I don't know how many we actually had, but... Uh, there were lots of babies uh, among our interns in Spanish ministry. Um, Jen Videra is uh, one of them that they had a baby, so we had a baby shower for her. Uh, Crystal's sister, Tina, had a, had a baby, so we had a shower for her. Um, I don't remember all the showers. I just know that every Saturday for about two months there we had a shower, and, and Crystal loves doing it. Um, she gets the house all decked out and pretty, um, so that's uh, fun for her. Um, the other few uh, sort of ministering uh, issues that were going on, we had our first kind of Spanish conference, which was, I guess, kind of like a mini Spanish conference, mini shepherds conference, but for Spanish speakers. Um, we uh, had an invited guest, Paul Washer, uh, who is a missionary in Peru for a number of years, and he spoke, and we, we filled the chapel with about 350 male pastors, uh, you know, uh, from uh, all over the world, really, uh, that came to the conference, and that was that was a, a, a big blessing. Um, and we also had a lot of different people who came to um, the graduation. I wanted to tell you just a real quick story of a guy named Lino Vera. Uh, if time permits, here he uh, he's studied with us now for a couple of years online. He's from Mexico, and he came to our home, and we just started chatting about his testimony and how. The Lord was using uh, the classes in his life and in his church, and he um, mentioned that um, he uh, had been divorced and remarried, um, but then he mentioned that it was to the same woman. So we started just asking him some questions about his testimony, and uh, he, he was a lawyer and uh, doing fairly well started having some marriage problems, uh, went to the law office to file for divorce, and actually one of our professors down at our seminary in Mexico City uh, was the lawyer that was going to take care of uh, his divorce. And the uh, question that he asked him was, well, well, have you asked God forgiveness? And he said that it was just a concept that had never occurred to him that he could just directly ask God for forgiveness. He started discipling him, and uh, he, he came to Christ. His wife obviously continued with the divorce, so they got divorced. Uh, he, he has three children. His two sons saw the change in him, and so they stayed and lived with him. His older daughter was living with his wife, now ex-wife. And she didn't want to hear, obviously, anything from him, but his sons you know, would, would go over there once a week and, and share and, and, and talk uh, to her about Christ and invite her to church. And two years later, two years into the divorce, for the first time she came to church, sat, you know, on the opposite side of church from him um, and came back the second Sunday. Third Sunday gave her life to Christ. And uh, the way that he tells the story is that, you know, we got, we got married we got divorced, and then we became boyfriend and girlfriend, and then I asked her to marry me, and then we got married again. And uh, after they got married again, all three children are now serving the Lord, 
all three children live in the, in the same town with him. He planted a church, um, and the church is growing. Uh, he planted the church about a year and a half ago. Uh, started with about 20 people. It is now prospering, and they have about 90 people. Um, and uh, the Lord is just really, really using him. We have a video um, telling his story, but it's all in Spanish, so that's why I kind of told it uh, to you this way. Uh, the final thing is that because I was in the hospital all of basically June and July, the normal preaching uh, opportunities that I have, I try to preach in a different church once a month. Um, I had to obviously cancel all of those. So what we did is basically September, October, I went basically every Sunday preaching in different churches uh, around L.A. And that was, that was awesome. I mean, I love Grace, and I love being here, and it's home. Um, but to be able to go to the different churches and just see... Uh, changes because I've usually preached in the church before when the student first comes to the institute and it's a mess <laughs> to put it lightly and then to go again uh, a year or two later and, and see them hungering for the word of God and, and showing the, the fruit of the spirit um, it's just a, a huge blessing and I, I enjoy that November, December uh, my wife loves Christmas more than anyone I've ever met like not even close not even close. So uh, we do lots of different things. Uh, this is our thankful tree that we made for Thanksgiving. But for Christmas, what she, she does, there's always some kind of like Advent calendar this year. She did bags. And so in every week, every day of December, uh, we open the bag and there's a verse and then some kind of activity um, that we do as a family. So we kind of walk through the, uh, the Christmas story. And then she's always got some kind of fun thing. This was one of my favorites. We made uh, snowmen out of marshmallows. And uh, I finished mine, um, as in I made it. Um, the kids uh, ate most of the heads and feet before they finished it, but uh, that was fun. I'm trying to leave some time here for, for questions at the end. Um, given the, the kindness of the rest of our elders and uh, the fact that I was sick and, and needed some help, um, I've been given an, uh, an absorbent amount of help in the last uh, month um, that I'm very, very thankful for. So now at the Institute, there are six of us. Um, many of you know Fernando Jaimes. Uh, Fernando and Julia have two boys, um, David and Samuel. Uh, they are in high school. Um, they're originally from Colombia, uh, then moved to Canada and studied at the seminary. He's finishing his uh, THM right now. Um, then most of you know uh, Jen and Ruben Videra. Uh, they are raising support, trying to get ready to go to Spain, and I'm hoping it takes them a long time to do so. Um, but uh, Ruben is a blessing. Uh, Jonathan Willoughby. Uh, Ruben is from Spain and going back to Spain. Uh, Jonathan Willoughby uh, is a third-generation MK born and raised in Uruguay. Um, and he is recently engaged to Carolino, Carolina Pelufo. I don't know if you guys remember Alejandro Pelufo. He started uh, an institute in, in Argentina, and he's trying to finish up his degree so that he can get there. Um, Sixto Dormi is up here. Uh, that's uh, his girlfriend, Jennifer. Uh, Sixto is from Ecuador, and his dad is probably my best online student in history. Um, he graduated this past uh, year from our online program. And then this is Daniel Lopez, and he's uh, uh, 
just a great guy. He's our first transfer kind of to TMS. He started studying at the institute with us, um, and his English is, is very good. And so he studied with us, and he got about two-thirds of the way through our program. And uh, I recommended that he jump on over to TMS. Uh, so he's uh, working at TMS and still works for us, and that's his wife, Bethany. So those, that's now uh, the, the EDEX team. Um, we have um, blessing of serving students as we continue uh, from all over L.A. Um, and uh, also a number of online students. So that's kind of what we do. Um, that, was, that was quick, but I kind of almost got through it and left maybe f- 10 minutes for some questions. Um, I'm kind of assuming I didn't give a lot of details as to actually what we do because most of the faces that I see here have been at the last five or six times I've done mindset. So I know that you know that we teach Spanish-speaking pastors here at night uh, how to do ministry. But uh, questions? So what about your heart? What about my heart? Yeah, um... We're, we're spinning our wheels. Uh, I still have an aneurysm in the arch, and I still get scanned every six months. Uh, Silas is the same way. Uh, he has an aneurysm in his root, and he gets scanned. Um, and we're just waiting on the Lord and his timing, um, trusting that uh, he's going to do exactly what's best for us. Um, it's a great place to be in where you just have to depend on him. Um, and, and it's why we're here. Uh, to be quite honest, uh, we would love to be on the mission field, but we need we need surgeons close by um, in case something would happen. Um, so um, Silas's cardiologist thinks surgery probably within the next five years. Open heart for him. We're trying to do everything we can to postpone that. Uh, as a child, if you have open heart and get uh, your aorta replaced, that means surgery every two years. You know until you're fully grown. So. The longer we can postpone that, the, the better. But there's a lot of uh, wisdom that we need there of the, you know, the risk of waiting and then the, the risk of having that many surgeries and, and weighing those things. Um, but uh, as far as health is concerned, it's just praying for a medical advancement. They have said over the course of the last couple of years, they have cured our syndrome a number of times in rats and other animals and monkeys and so far, it hasn't worked on us, um, but uh, we continue to pray that, that maybe the Lord in his kindness would, would come up with a medication that would really uh, help us. Um, actually, three weeks ago, a New York Times article um, in, in which Dr. Dietz, Hal Dietz, uh, who kind of named the syndrome that I have, Luis Dietz, um, said that the medication that I take is actually helping. So that is probably the reason why you know, we were in Mexico, told you need open heart surgery now, came back, started taking the medication, and I've been stable um, since then. So we're praying that, um, you know, the Lord would continue in his sovereignty to, to use uh, doctors and medication to preserve us. Lars. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, 
I say that here, and then I didn't mention it. Um, so we went, that, we went down because at the seminary down in Mexico, uh, they wanted to start their languages program to teach Greek and Hebrew, and they didn't have anyone. There's not a lot of resources. At the time, there was nothing available. Um, and the few things that were available are basically, you can imagine a Greek grammar that's written in English and then just translated into Spanish, which makes no sense to a Spanish speaker because the grammar that you're starting from is different. So, you know, the translation will say, this is like the pronoun such and such. Well, the pronouns don't work that way in Spanish, so the, the, the book is nonsensical. So we went down and uh, I wrote a Greek grammar and a Hebrew grammar uh, from scratch, and I'm teaching through it again. I just started um, two weeks ago. Uh, to teach Hebrew again, I'm doing a second edition, and my goal, my prayer, my hope is to just give it away for free um, uh, online. And uh, it, it's published. There's physical copies of it that, that people do buy. But the thing is, it's not like there's thousands of people buying it. Uh, you know, there's not that many people buying it, so it's not like I'm I'm supporting our family through this. And I figure, you know, if we're not making a ton of money, why not just give it away and, and get it as many people as possible. And it's kind of fascinating the kind of people that buy it. Uh, the, the majority of the people that buy my Greek grammar are Catholics. Like if you look online and you type in the name of my book, it's, you've got a lot of Catholic people who want to study um, you know, the, the New Testament in Greek. And so mine is the one that's available, and so they get it. And it's just got a ton of you know, exegesis. And so in my second edition, I'm adding more sort of... A, fun Catholic uh, issues uh, into uh, the exegesis of the grammar to sort of use that as an evangelistic tool. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the plan. Okay, let me... Any more questions? I have one more thing that I can do, but I want to make sure that I've answered any questions. How many years have you been back? Four and a half? Four and a half. My wife is better with chronology than I am. Um, I can always blame it on the stroke. It's a good excuse. Yeah. I have to tell you the sweetest thing um, in the sovereignty of God. I didn't tell this story. I'm in the hospital. I lost a ton of blood. I was on about my 10th blood transfusion. Uh... Pastor John mentions from the pulpit that I'm in the hospital, that I'm at Cedar sinai that I'm getting blood transfusions. There's a nurse here listening to that who works at Cedar sinai takes the shift, goes down to Cedars in the afternoon. I get my 11th blood transfusion, and when you get new blood, it's not thinned. And so with my heart valve, I had a stroke. I get thrown down into the MRI and I get in the elevator, and the person look at me says, Hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm a member of Grace Community Church. Pastor John said you were here. I'm going to be assigned as your nurse for the day. That's the kindness of, of the Lord right there uh, for me. Just, just uh, the Lord caring in, in every aspect and every detail. And the blessing of being a Grace Community Church, where, like, what other church could that happen at uh, other than, than here? Uh, just the blessing of Pastor John's faithfulness over so many years, just affecting so many uh, people. So, um, 
I want to close with, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I just put it up there for reference. Uh, Abby asked me yesterday, uh, Tuesday mornings is my Abby time, uh, because the boys are in preschool, and so Abby's homeschooled, and it's Daddy sitting on his laptop and Abby sitting next to me doing her schoolwork. And depending on the day, we get more schoolwork done than others. Um, But she asked me, after she made and set out a very nice tea party for me. Um, Daddy, what's your favorite Bible story? And uh, that obviously changes just about every week. But this is the story that I told her as uh, my favorite of the day. Um, you remember uh, in the book of Exodus that Moses is a little bit scared uh, about you know going back into Egypt and bringing the people out. And so the Lord appears to him in in the burning bush to not only, uh, you know, encourage him to task him with going there, but giving him the signs and miracles about what he's going to do. So basically gives him the plan. This is how it's going to work. You're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him this. And you're going to do these signs and wonders, and he's going to let you out. And same terminology taking the sandals off the feet, it's holy ground. Exact same thing happens in the book of Joshua, um, that Moses is now dead. Um, Joshua has the entire people of Israel. They cross the Jordan River, and they're standing, you know, bird's eye view uh, to Jericho, got some big walls. You got two and a half million people that you're leading, and certainly some nerves going on there about how this is all going to work. The way the narrative reads, the idea is that, uh, you know, Joshua sort of, sort of wakes up uh, in the morning and, and walks out apparently by himself. So Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes, and he looks, and, and there's a man standing there. Uh, and the man is standing there with the sword, standing between he and Jericho. And Joshua walks up to him, which is pretty brave in and of itself. I mean, Joshua is not a young buck anymore. He's an old guy. And he walks up to this man with a sword, and he says, are you for us or against us? In other words, like, are you on our team? Are you part of our army? You got a sword, you're fighting. Are you, like, in our army, or are you in their army? And the commander of the Lord's army says what? He says, no. <laughs> it's like, um, okay, I asked a question. Are you part of our army or a part of their army? And the man with the sword says, No but I am the commander of the army of Yahweh, and now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And then the narrative continues, and Jesus, the commander of the Lord's army, gives Joshua the plan. The plan basically goes like this. You guys have been running circles around the desert for 40 years. You're pretty good. You're trained at doing circles. So here's what I want you to do. You and your army, you're going to walk circles around Jericho. And me and my army, we're going to do the rest. Um, And uh, it's just a a passage that always uh, speaks to the confidence that I can have in in God's plan. It's so easy to try to, you know, we're confronted with some sort of trial or something that we need to do, and it's so easy to try to sort of put God into our categories, our human options. Like, it's either this or this. It's either you're part of our army or you're part of their army. 
And God says, no, I, I, no, no, God, God's above that. God's got a plan that's bigger and better than that. Um, and let me tell you how it's going to work, um, even better than the way than you think. Um, and that is a favorite story of mine because it's what I've lived um, in my Christian experience that um, I'm presented with something and I think, oh, either this can happen or this can happen, and then God does something much better. And I never have to worry about whether he's in control. Um, I can't see the Lord's army. I don't know how many angels are there fighting um, the battles that he has prepared for me, but I know that they're there, and uh, he gives me the faith to, to trust in that. So um, I hope that's an encouragement to you. It's what we've lived this year, um, knowing that the commander of the Lord's army uh, is on our side. Um, so thanks for your time. We love you. And hope we get invited back in January next year. That'd be fun. Make this a, a tradition. We love being here. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, it is a blessing to hear how you guys are doing, and we're so thankful that you're doing well. It's great to have a good report. So excited. Um, and now we're just going to pray for them, and then you're free to go, and you can come up and say hi to Josiah and Crystal if you'd like to. Lord, we just thank you so much uh, for your for your goodness and your love towards us. And we thank you for your love for Josiah and Crystal and the work you've done in their lives and um, for the, the beautiful children you've blessed them with. And we just thank you for caring for them this year, Lord, and um, having your hand on them in every situation. And we thank you that they're doing well. Just thank you so much, Lord. And we pray that you would continue to have your hand on them and um, just keep them healthy, Lord, please. Josiah and Silas, especially with their aneurysms, and if it might be your will, Lord, please provide um, some kind of medical help for them so that they can um, just continue to be healthy, Lord, we pray, if that might be your will. And we just thank you that Silas is having this physical therapy and he's he's walking around now with the crutches and things and just pray that you would help him to grow strong and help him to be able to get a, get around as he gets older and um, just to continually do better, Lord, we pray, if that might be your will. We just pray for Abby and Noah and Silas. We pray that they might come to know you and serve you with their lives one day and we just thank you so much for such a wonderful gift of um, these children and just pray that you continue to work in their hearts and we just thank you for them Lord we just thank you also for the ministry you've um, blessed Josiah with and Crystal as well and we just pray that you continue to work in the hearts of the of the men that are in um, the institute and also the people that are involved in the fellowship group that he's leading. And I just pray that these people might um, become mature Christians and that they might honor you and serve you. And we pray for the students especially who've already left and are um, pastoring churches and things, Lord. And um, we just pray that you would bless them and Help them to honor you, and we just pray that many people might grow in you through their ministries, Lord. We just pray that you would be glorified through all of that. 
And Lord, we just thank you for the men also that have come and are helping Josiah there in the institute. He was doing everything by himself for a while, and now he has help. And just so so thankful, Lord, for that. And just pray that you continue to provide the help that he needs to to carry this work on. And we just thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. And um, thank you that we can just come and and see your goodness and your grace and your glory just through their lives and um, just pray that you'd help us just not to worry about things as Josiah was saying but just to trust in you and um, know that you know we're, we can't do it on our own but we just need to look to you and that you will take care of everything and we just we love you and thank you for your goodness Amen <laughs>